I'm Tommy Bailey with Bailey Farms in Angleton, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on the Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We got another week rolling and another episode rolling of Texas Ag Today. So jump on in with me. Buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, the drought continues to expand and affect the cow herd. Yes, of course, we've had some rain and precipitation over Texas over the last week or so, but when you look at the nationwide drought, it is currently affecting over 50% of the nation's cow herd, and that could have long-term effects. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Last week's rain and snow was certainly welcomed by those Texas High Plains farmers who received the moisture. It also prompted the question, how quickly could we declare this drought to be over when more consistent precipitation returns? I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. There are new cancer screening guidelines, while the month of March is National Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have those details on Texas Ag Today. Coastal Bend row crop farmers have made good progress in planting their feed grain crops, but they've experienced some slowdown in cotton planting in many locations. This is Harvey Buring reporting from the Corpus Christi area. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Much of the western U.S. has been in a drought for well over a year now, and it's crept back into Texas over the last several months. Oklahoma State University livestock marketing specialist Daryl Peel says a drought like this can have some serious effects on the cattle industry. Parts of the country have been in drought in 2021 and, and some parts even all the way back to 2020. So, you know, a lot of these areas, producers are really, uh, you know, they just don't have any resources left at this point. And, and we know in the Northern Plains and some other areas that hay supplies were very limited and so on. With the drought continuing in those regions and now expanding into some other areas, you know, we could see a lot of force changes, drought force liquidation happen here in the next three to five months. And Peel says it's happening at the worst possible time. Time of year. We're in a drought in the wintertime and going into spring. That's the worst possible drought scenario. Uh, a springtime drought, you just don't get any forage production potentially. And if that happens, then uh, the consequences get very severe very quickly as we move you know, from April, May, June in that early growth period. That's a really critical forage time. And if we lose that, then we're really going to be behind the eight ball. Peel says over half the nation's cow herd is now affected by some form of drought. Texas poultry growers need to stay vigilant to prevent avian influenza. 
The Texas Animal Health Commission is encouraging poultry and fowl owners to strengthen their biosecurity to protect birds against highly pathogenic avian influenza. Although no cases of HPAI have been confirmed in Texas, several cases of the highly contagious disease have been confirmed in the United States. In the wild bird population, in commercial flocks, and in backyard flocks. The Animal Health Commission says poultry and fowl raisers should be mindful that wild birds can carry HPAI when migrating, putting domestic poultry and other fowl at risk. To protect their flocks, TAHC recommends that poultry producers restrict the traffic onto and off of their property. They also recommend allowing as few people as possible to enter the poultry premises. Those tips and others are available on the Texas Animal Health Commission website. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dolmel. In an effort to help farmers and ranchers affected by wildfires, the Texas Farm Bureau has established the West Texas Wildfire Relief Fund to collect and distribute monetary contributions. Texas Farm Bureau will match 50% of any donation to the fund made by a county Farm Bureau up to $2,000. Wildfires have swept across Texas this month, burning over 86,000 acres, and some continue to burn. Last week's rain and snow across some areas of Texas was certainly welcome, but how can you tell when a drought is over? James Hunt takes a look at that question. The rain and snow that came through a portion of the Texas High Plains last week was not a drought buster by any means, but was certainly a blessing for those farmers who received the heavier amounts of moisture. Just out of curiosity, I asked Mike Gittinger of the National Weather Service what does it take to officially declare a drought to be over? It's always a complicated question because there are various types of droughts. You know, there's what they call an agricultural drought, and that is a little shorter fuse because if we get enough kind of regular rainfall and moisten up the ground crop-wise and vegetation-wise, we can get back to normal relatively quickly. But then if you look at the more kind of longer-term type drought, that's a whole other story, and that's where you're talking about low lake levels and that type of thing. And, of course, we've had low lake levels in forever here, so if you use that as the part of the definition, you may say we've been in a drought for a really long time. But as Gittinger indicated, improvement in agricultural droughts can come more quickly. And if we go by the drought monitor map, we did see significant changes there after last week's rain and snow. Some areas went from, say, the D4 drought category a week earlier to D3 when the new map came out on Thursday. And in one particular case, the map showed Carson County going from D4 to D2. I've seen agricultural drought get wiped out pretty good in a month or two. But again, that's where you end up having a month like, say, we have double the rainfall normal in May, which is already a wet month anyway. Yeah, that would go a long way to wiping out the drought quicker. So we can perhaps root for something like that. Although, let's remember that a return to normal rainfall patterns is not in the forecast for any time soon. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The average age of a farmer or rancher in Texas is 59. And Tom Nicoletti says that's the stage of life that most of us are at higher risk for colorectal cancer. There are new colorectal cancer screening guidelines, no matter your lifestyle or where you live. To talk more about this is Waco physician Dr. James Sharp here in our studio. And Dr. Sharp, what are those guidelines? The new guidelines that started this year are we screen for people who are at average risk of developing colon cancer to be screened at age 45 and older. 
we for a long time have had that minimum age at age 50, but the problem we've been seeing for the last decade or so is younger and younger people are developing colon cancer. Studies have shown that uh, there is a significant benefit to general screening compared to the risks associated with doing the tests and procedures. There are different ways to screen, but the most complete screening is the colonoscopy. So the new guidelines are directed at both males and females, and this comes from the U.S. Preventative Services Task Force. Yes, there is no significant difference between male and female risks for colon cancer. Let me point out that if you have a family member that has a history of colon cancer, then that elevates the risks in you or having colon cancer. The average risk person starting at age 45 is the new normal. Part of your annual exam is to discuss what might be the risks for colon cancer. The great thing about the colonoscopy exam is that if you are unfortunate enough to have polyps or even a early colon cancer, that procedure can be curative. Definitely finding your colon cancer before you have any symptoms is a huge difference in terms of treatment and expected life expectancy. That is Waco physician Dr. James Sharp. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Coastal Bend farmers have made good progress in planting spring crops. Harvey Buring has an update from Corpus Christi. Well, corn and grain sorghum fields are up and growing here in many portions of the coastal bend. And cotton planting has been very active for the last week to 10 days, but those cold northers have slowed down. And in the western portion of the coastal bend area, many farmers have parked those cotton planters in hopes of getting some moisture and improved conditions. But they expect that about 90% of the grain sorghum is planted at this particular point in time in the coastal bend. And cotton farmers here in the lower coastal bend hope to plant about a half a million acres of the crop this year. But there's been a series of delays due to those cold fronts. And we are hoping that moisture will improve in order to bring that cotton crop along and complete that planting before the deadline of April 15th. Now, across the area, Pasture conditions continue to decline due to the lack of moisture, and uh, some producers are already engaged in culling and reducing their herd size due to the fact that pastures are very limited, and they hope to reduce the amount of supplemental feeding that has to go on in order to maintain their herds. Also, the addition of some rainfall is necessary not only to bring on some green growth in those pastures, but to reduce the risk of wildfires that have plagued a number of locations across the coastal bend, as well as the state of Texas. Reporting for Texas Ag Today from the coastal bend area, this has been Harvey Buring. We have an update on a proposal that would allow hunting with firearms in four North Texas counties that have been restricted to archery only for years. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have that story coming up for you on Texas Ag Today. And with the warmer weather, horses are now being transported in the heat. Dr. Bob Judd will have more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today.
Hi, this is Kerry Martin with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. You know, I've spent my entire life in agriculture, and I know how stressful farming and ranching can be. Things like the economy, finances, and the weather all increase our stress levels and can leave us feeling defeated. That's where the Texas Agri-Stress Helpline comes in. I want you to write this number down, 833-897-2474. Have you experienced problems like rising costs, market fluctuations, family conflicts, or extreme weather? Are you feeling stressed and defeated? It's okay to ask for help. I want you to call the Texas Agri-Stress Helpline. Here's the number again, 833-897-2474. That's 833-897-2474. Or if you can't write it down right now, just remember, you can go to farmlifehelp.com. That's farmlifehelp.com. The Texas Agri-Stress Helpline. Even the toughest people need help sometimes. Do me a favor, don't wait. Call today. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. The weather is definitely warming up outside, and that means horses will start being transported in hotter conditions. Dr. Bob Judd says that can cause the loss of electrolytes. Hauling horses in the Texas heat can certainly increase the amount the horses sweat, and with the sweat, they also lose electrolytes. Losing excessive electrolytes can have an effect on the horse's overall health and performance. But a Canadian veterinary research team indicated in the horse publication that preloading horses or giving horses electrolytes before they travel can protect them from electrolyte loss. Horses lose large quantities of sodium, potassium, and chloride, and smaller amounts of magnesium and calcium through their sweat. Unlike human sweat, horse sweat contains greater quantities of electrolytes than the amount found even in the blood itself. Because of this, electrolytes are lost from the blood and must be replaced in the blood from the muscle and soft tissue concentrations. A recent study indicated that when horses received electrolytes before exercise, they lost less fluid and fewer electrolytes from the extracellular fluid compartments compared to just receiving water alone. These findings indicate that giving a large volume of a balanced electrolyte solution prior to exercise or travel can help maintain whole body fluid and electrolyte balance. However, it is difficult to get these electrolytes and water into the horse unless your vet pumps it into them with a stomach tube, which is not practical. Michael Lindinger from Nutraceutical Alliance indicates if you start adding only small amounts of electrolytes to the water and then gradually increase it, many times you can get these horses to drink the electrolyte mixture before traveling. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Four North Texas counties will keep their archery-only deer hunting restrictions this year. Jessica Domel has an update on that in today's Wildlife Report. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Commission has withdrawn a proposal that would have allowed white-tailed deer hunting with firearms in several North Texas counties. Hunting with firearms in Collin, Dallas, Grayson, and Rockwall counties has been prohibited for some time now due to complaints from residents in those areas. Alan Kane, white-tailed deer program leader for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, joins us for more on why the proposal was withdrawn. 
in response to the large number of uh, comments received in opposition to the proposal and with the direction from the commission staff are pulling this part of the proposal from the consideration, but we would like to propose to retain one portion of the proposed changes, and that's to require mandatory harvest reporting in these four counties for buck and antlerous deer so we can monitor harvest up there. Kane told the commission the department received more than 740 comments on the proposal to allow hunting with firearms in those counties. He said 34% supported the proposal, 66% did not want hunting with firearms allowed again in those areas. We've also had a number of letters or resolutions from uh, different folks around the state, including a a letter of opposition from Representative Reggie Smith and Senator Drew Springer, also the Collin County Commissioner's Court, the Collin County Sheriff, the Grayson County County Commissioner's Court submitted a resolution in opposition, so did the City of Anna, the City of Sherman, and there was an individual in Grayson County that organized the Change.org petition. It's got over 2,000 signatures on that right now, all in opposition. The commission did adopt the mandatory harvesting requirement for those counties unanimously. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. We had a very negative cattle on feed report released on Friday. That put some pressure on cattle prices. We'll have a complete update on all the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Break out your camera and snap a pic for the Texas Farm Bureau Photo Contest. You or someone you know can share your best photo with the entire Lone Star State and maybe win some cash, like $250 for first place, $200 for second place, and $100 for honorable mention. The contest is open to Texas Farm Bureau members or an immediate family member. Rural settings and lifestyles are the preferred themes for all submissions and contestants are limited to one entry per person. Top four winners will be selected and published in the July edition of Texas Agriculture and the summer edition of Texas Neighbors. Snap your pick now for the Texas Farm Bureau Photo Contest. The entry deadline is June 1st. Visit TexasFarmBureau.org for complete contest rules. That's TexasFarmBureau.org. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. A bearish cattle on feed report released on Friday showing huge placements into the feedlots weighed on the cattle futures market on Monday. Both live and feeder cattle ended in the red with April live cattle down 17 cents at 140.30. June down 60 at 136.77. August live cattle down 82 137 30. Same thing on the feeder cattle market. March feeders down 32 cents, 156.10. April down 75 at 160.82. May feeder cattle down 25, 165.07. Cash fed cattle market all quiet on Monday. Last week we sold 91,241 head. Here in the south we sold most of our cattle at 138. Up north we saw higher prices ranging from 138 to 142. Boxed beef higher on Monday. Choice up a dollar two at two sixty three sixty six. Select up a dollar fifty at two fifty three sixty four. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. It's time to talk to Jody Fry from Producers in Carvel about his Thursday sale. 
Jody, I understand it was a good one more than what you thought you'd draw. Had a good week. Uh, 1,300 head of cattle today compared to right at 1,400 last week. Your better quality steers, four to 600 pounds from 140 up to a high of around 205, mostly 150 to 175. Six to 800 pound steers from 125 up to a high of near 165, mostly 135 to 155. Better quality heifer calves, four to 600 pounds, 130 to a high of 165, mostly 135 to 155. Slaughter cows average to high yielding from 65 to 85. Several of the highest yielding slaughter cows from 86 to 98. Had a couple of individual really high yielding cows that brought over a dollar. Thinner or lower yielding type cows, still some of those from 30 to 55. Slaughter bulls average to high yielding from 80 to a dollar. Several of the highest yielding slaughter bulls today from 101 to a high of 117. Bred cows and heavy bred two-year-olds. A few young heavy bred cows from 850 to a high of 1225. Cow-calf pairs. Just a few small groups and single pairs today. Average to better quality anywhere from $1,000 to $1,500 a pair. How do you feel about the sales for next week, Jody? I think more of the same on the sheep and goats. You know, we've had 6,500 two weeks in a row, so I look for at least five to 6,000 sheep and goats on Tuesday, and probably cattle numbers back off a little. I'm saying somewhere closer to 1,000 and 1,100 head next Thursday. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you, Jody Fry. You bet. The office number is 325-653-3371. My mobile phone's 234-7895. Talk to you next week. Thank you so much. Sounds good, Larry. Thank you. Neighbor, this is Larry Marble in San Angelo reporting for Texas Ag Today. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now. We're lean hogs finished higher on Monday. April hogs up 10 cents at 107.57. May hogs up $1.40, 119.30. Class 3 milk was steady to lower. March milk unchanged, 22.42 a hundredweight, while April milk was down 65 at 23.65 a hundred. The cotton market finishing mixed. The old crop contracts higher. The new crop was lower. Old crop getting a boost from speculative buying as well as textile mill buying. New crop ending lower on improved chances for rain in northern Texas and Oklahoma. Also keep in mind we've got the USDA planting intentions report coming up on Thursday. That will definitely factor into this week's market trade. May cotton finishing 317 points higher. We're knocking on the door of $1.40. It finished at $139.07. October cotton up 19 at $118.04. December cotton dropped 44 points to close at $111.30. The corn market finishing lower. No fresh news coming out of the Russia-Ukraine situation. China locking down Shanghai for COVID concerns. That kept a lid on the corn market somewhat on Monday. May corn finishing five and a half lower, 748 and a half, while September corn was down four, 681 and three quarters. The wheat market tumbled lower with July Kansas City wheat dropping 37 and a half, 1069 and a half. July Chicago wheat down 41 cents at 10.51 and a half. In the energy markets, April natural gas down 9 cents, 5.47. May crude oil down 10.58 at 103.32 a barrel. The financial markets were slightly higher Monday afternoon. The Dow up 94 points, 34,955. The Nasdaq up 185 at 14,354, while the S&P was up 32, 4,575. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. My name is Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state on the planet. 
Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Thank you.